Welcome to Ghost Tea Podcast. I'm your host, Ariel Willow. And I'm your co-host, Alyssa from La Russa Mystic. I'm so excited. <laughs> we are starting off season two. Yes, this is the first episode of season two of Ghost Tea Podcast. Um, I'm so excited for you guys to meet Alyssa. Um, but before we get into it, as I want to mention with all of the episodes... We also want to remind you that everyone has different views on things, and that's okay. We don't ask you to believe what we do. We just want to share what we found in our personal path with you all. So, with that said, Alyssa, who the heck are you? What's <laughs> up, Bestie? Who the hell? Oh, it, I feel like that's like the worst interview question ever. It's like you're going to a job, and they're like, who are you? And it's like, I literally don't know you're who like, I, I am. I don't even know. I don't even know well, myself. I'll give you the short and skinny. So my name is Alyssa, and um, I also go by Larusa Mystic. I am a clairvoyant. I am a witch, an occult practitioner, a Hellenic polytheist, a demonologist, a reader, a psychic, a small business owner, a scientist, and a friendly Canadian. So that's who I am in a nutshell. Holy crap! <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I've got all my you're, girls. Together. You're like, also, I'm the president. Let's just throw that in there. <laughs> president, CEO, baby, and co-host. Yeah. <laughs> so I got to add that in there too. Yes. Um. So can you can you give us a little uh, introduction on like how you got into your spiritual path? Like, what kind of brought you? Because obviously, you're on Ghost Tea because you're also spiritual. You're also a witch. Um, clairvoyant all that stuff and I'm really curious and I want my viewers to also um, know how you got started on your spiritual path like what brought you to where you are today awesome question it actually started pretty early on I was about the age of nine when I first discovered witchcraft now of course this was this was before we had the beautiful world of internet so in order to learn about witchcraft, you really had to be purposeful about it. You really had to go to the library. Yes, the public library, they exist. You'd have to go to the public library and search out a book unless you were gifted a book. So a girlfriend of mine at the time, who I'm actually still friends with, um, she is also a witch, which is great. So we stuck with it. We were, uh, we were nine and we went to the library. We lied to our parents and said we were going to do... <laughs> We were gonna do research on some <laughs> historical event but instead we were diving into the occult section of the library <laughs> so we like and I mean back then the the options for you know occult books were kind of limited like you had right, right. Raven Wolf or I think that's the name Silver Raven Wolf and you had Scott Cunningham and like a handful of others like it really wasn't quite as robust as you can find today so right. we grabbed the you know the stereotypical looking witchcraft books and we dived into it and we checked them out and we hid them in our backpacks and we brought them <laughs> home and that is literally where it started was the ripe age of nine and actually she would she would come visit on weekends and we would start doing spells so let me just preface this by saying also around this time was when the original movie the craft was really big and oh. for good reason classic yep. classic yep. um 
And so we had it in our heads that we could do the spells that they were doing. (laughs) So we were, we were, uh, we were unknowingly practicing very Wicca heavy magic, you know, like at nine, 10, 11 years old. Like we had no idea that it was really influenced by Wicca, which by the way, we are not Wiccan. Um, But it really started that early on. And then as time went on, I continued to be very interested in all kinds of different facets of witchcraft. But as you know, when you're young, you're still trying to discover other parts of who you are beyond just spiritualism. So spiritualism didn't take a front seat until much later in life. If anything, the most important thing at the time were, you know, friends and school and, you know, those sorts of things. So really heavy, heavy focus on spiritualism didn't come until until much later in life. But but that's where it all started was nice and early. <laughs> um, and I would say that the the interest kind of waxed and waned as certain things happened in life. I, I grew up in a military family, so we moved around quite often every two to three years, give or take. So I would always be introduced to all these new people and I would never share that I was into witchcraft because it was quite taboo at the time not to say it isn't now but it was certainly taboo actually correct me if i'm wrong ariel but i believe around that time i'm thinking early to mid 2000s wasn't that one of the big hypes of satanic panic i think so because i like around the beginning of the 2000s like 2000 2001 shit like that um, I remember, isn't that around the time that Practical Magic came out too? And oh. and so people were kind of getting into it again. And it was kind of mm. a rise in um, kind of like the, the quote unquote, like new age um, spirituality and, mm-hmm. and uh, a kind of revision of um, Wicca and witchcraft and things like that. Because every time a big movie like that comes out, it kind of revives everything you know it kind of brings everything to the surface so I do think that that was kind of around that time I was still Christian and and a little girl at that time so I um well I say little girl I was like 11 (laughs) so girl um, you're only one year older than me we were you you were totally at the you know age of being able to know like around that age like you know sort of generally what what spiritualism kind of is not not quite the same as you would now but but you definitely are more aware around that age yeah well and I was what's funny is that even at the age of I think I was probably around like seven or eight maybe six years old I did do a spell with my sister I remember vividly like sitting on our yeah it was so cute but it was actually really funny and get ready to laugh so I was in the bedroom with her and we, cause we had seen, um, Kiki's delivery service, the studio Ghibli movie. Yes. And I'm so obsessed with that. And so, um, her and I were just like completely obsessed with it. And then we were also really obsessed with Mary Kane and Ashley. And they mm-hmm. had this, this movie called double, double toil and trouble. Yeah, I forgot about and, that movie. Yeah. Yeah. And so we got really obsessed with witches and there was also this, um, Australian show called the worst witch. Um, I think they remade it on Netflix. I haven't seen the remake yet, but we saw like the really bad, like super campy version. Um, and we, so we were really into that kind of stuff, but we weren't encouraged to actually practice it. Cause like, I, I think my parents just never assumed that it would really influence us that much. Um, but in our free time, we would be outside and we'd be calling in the elements, 
and like the wind would start picking up and then there would be a car accident and we were like oh my god our powers like caused a car accident like (laughs) and and then we would be like in our room around a candle like we would take like a taper candle without my mom knowing and we would just like put it on the floor and we'd be like we're calling in the caterpillar king Woo! like like all this (laughs) it was like that was that was pretty much like the the hype spirituality as far as like witchcraft goes when I was a kid but you know like we all play outside and connect to that but I was playing with fairies all the time like my clairvoyance was so so strong as a kid um I remember very vividly like me and my sister would dance around our bedroom and my mom would come in. She was like, what are you doing? We were like, Oh, we're dancing with the angels. <laughs> Cause like Azrael and whoever else would be there dancing with us in our bedroom. And, um, and my mom was like, Oh, that's so cute. You know, like, but she wasn't seeing them. And, um, and then my sister and I went through this like really big, phase of fairy stuff like we're obsessed with fairies and I was always playing with them outside and making them little houses and going to the river and like talking to the little sprites in the water and like all stuff like that Um, I love that yeah and well it's because it's magical it's so magical and like there's so many things that influence you to do that and um I don't I don't know I'm sure you remember the movie fairy tale it oh was yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm, the video. The it was the movie about the two girls who like discover fairies, and then mm-hmm. like the yep. We were super into that movie, and that's kind of what um, sparked our whole thing of like, oh, we're interacting with these things already outside, so why don't we just build them houses? <laughs> like in the movie, that is so unbelievably adorable. I mean, we. It, you know, my friend and I were kind of doing similar things, playing outside, calling in the elements, the four mm-hmm. corners. We didn't, we never called our caterpillar king bestie. <laughs> we never did that, but <laughs> I don't even know who that is. Like, I don't know where we got that. But like, just, one day I was just like, obviously there's a caterpillar king, so let's clearly call him in. <laughs> we need to be chatting with the with the fuzzy caterpillar king. It's just a oh thing. It's just we have to do. Watch I, me, you know like, what? Start- yeah, watch me start working with one at some point. <laughs> I'm gonna lose my shit. Oh my god, I would <laughs> live for that. I mean, honestly, like when you're a kid, you just have such unfettered joy and connection oh, yeah. to nature. There is, it is no holds barred. It is so it's strong. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily playing with fairies or necessarily seeing them in that way, but I was very attuned to the energies. Um, around me and especially when it came to uh earth using earth which of course you know we'll get to this at a later time when we talk about where we are today um yourself and 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 me as as um a little witchy group coven members but yeah but i'm the earth element Psst. Uh, but anyway <laughs> i was very very into being outside and and connecting with earth and that's where i was largely getting that that really strong connection to the earth energies and was it was a very physical a very visceral feeling energetically but but like i said as you get older and things wax and wane you kind of you kind of let go of certain things that are important to you and spirituality kind of fell off the boat for quite some time. But when I reached about 
um, the age of 16, 17, that's when I noticed I started to have a lot more spiritual experiences. And at the time, I, I passed them off as if they were not important. I didn't really give them as much value as I should have or could have. Um, because I was, you know, I was 16. I was concerned yeah. with, you know, being with friends and like, right, you know, right. cute cute people <laughs> you know it's the cute <laughs> famous happy people whatever you know what, whatever I was even in who the fuck was I even I don't even know um <laughs> so I you know I would have these experiences and I and this is going to lead me to a story that I wasn't I wasn't even thinking of telling but you know what we're on it so we're gonna roll with it Go so it. I was this was one of uh, not my first Ouija board experience. So for those who are wondering what a Ouija board is, it's that board, you know, it's, it's in a lot of movies. The People famous refer to it. spirit board. It, exactly. It's got a planchette. It's this little thing where you put your fingers on it and it's supposed to move on its own, which it, honestly it can. Um, but anyway, the, it's also got letters and it's got like a little yes, no. It, anyway, it's, it's been very heavily, um, popularized by by media as this like really funky thing and and so kids especially for at least for me growing up it was always uh, like a fun thing to mess around with um so we were it was about 16 and I had a friend of mine come up from the east coast and she was staying with me and she brought her Ouija board now she I I'm sure she's a medium because she also had a lot of experiences, but we were in my, in my bedroom and we had the Ouija board and it was just the two of us and the planchette was moving and, and we were talking to a spirit and I really don't know if the spirit was being honest with us or not. Cause I don't even really think we totally knew what we were doing. Uh, but the spirit's name told us his name was ACE. I, and I say his, because I got the feeling it was a masculine spirit of some sort. It said his name was ACE. Uh, spelled out A-C-E. And I was like, okay, sweet. You know, we we're talking to Ace. Everything's cool. I'm like, what's up, Ace? You, you're you like my Ace boy. And anyway, Yo, bro. He, uh, it was so cringy. Um, and after we closed out the board, which actually, to be fair, I should give myself a little pat on the back. We closed out the board. Like yeah. we, we closed it out and we were like, we're closing this portal. Like we were so, oh, hit me go. So we closed out the board and I go to bed. She was sleeping upstairs in the spare bedroom. So I was by myself. I had a little, you know, single bed. Like there wasn't, normally you'd have your bestie sleeping next to you, but it was like literally a single bed. But anyway, yeah. uh, so we put the Ouija board away. We go to bed. I wake up at about 3.30-ish in the morning to the sound of something falling across the room. And I woke up like absolutely sweating like oh my god what is that I run to uh flip on the the light and there was a tiara so I had a big teddy bear in the corner of my room that I put a little tiara on like a like a shitty dollar store tiara on top of this bear <laughs> yeah. I don't know dude 16 so <laughs> I had the the tiara was on the opposite side of the room like oh. I, I truly think like that was, was I truly think it was our boy Ace. He was just like, I'm just gonna chuck this 
pew, right across God the room. Damn. And I just remember being like, this is insane. I'm not telling anybody about it. And I seriously didn't. I didn't say anything for like maybe five or six years. I was just like, I'm going insane. There's no possible way that that happened. You know, like I was really closing myself off to actual real experiences. Right. Um, well, because at that see. age, you don't know what to do about it. You know, like no. you're just, you're so new to everything. You don't have anybody to talk to. And like, it's it, as a kid, I think there's always the the feeling of like, oh, I'm going to get in trouble. And mm-hmm. so you kind of keep it to yourself when you're having those kind of experiences rather than as an adult being like, oh, hey, has anybody else experienced something like this? Mm-hmm. And not mm-hmm. really being afraid that you're going to get in trouble with your parents. Whereas like as a kid, you kind of overthink what you're sharing because of that. And that's yeah. why like I always am so, so particular with how I um, interacts with parents who are like, oh, well, I think my, my kid is spiritual. Like, how can I support them? I'm like, please let them talk to you about things because mm-hmm. that is the biggest mistake that people make is like, like um, just not giving validation to someone's experience or um, saying that they're doing something bad. And like, it just makes them more secretive and it makes them have these experiences that they feel like they can't talk to anybody about. And therefore, like if they're having a a problem they're not going to want to talk to you about it because they don't want to get in trouble so absolutely yeah 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 Yeah, you're right on the nose I mean full disclosure I wasn't raised in a religious household not not by any really strict sort of way not to say that there wasn't influences of of um Christianity of some sort you know because our grandparents were involved in the church and stuff like that but but it really truly wasn't something that was forced on me and I was I was more or less sort of encouraged to explore uh, religions or spirituality if I wanted to. And of course it just always stuck since, you know, that time that we (laughs) went to the library to, (laughs) to where we are today, it was always witchcraft. It was always my number one go-to and I just never connected. You know, I did, I tried, I went to the church, I tried learning about, you know, the Bible. And this was through an Anglican lens, I should also say. So it was specifically an Anglican church that I was being brought to, but I just did not connect. I did not, it just wasn't for me. So, you know, when I reached about the age of 14, so we're kind of jumping backwards a little bit from that story I just told, but about the age of 14 was when I, I was really, really explicit with my mom. She was a single mom, I should also add. So there was no, um, father figure involved there but I basically told her hey you know what I really don't want to be going to church anymore and she was totally cool with it now also she was a really open person she let me go through my gothy punk phase (laughs) like (laughs) I had I was a skater girl like Avril Lavigne wannabe I was the gothy kid with the chains like I was the whole thing she just she I would you know had piercings oh man like she just totally let me roll with it so I really was given a lot of freedom to uh, discover who I wanted to be or who or express myself in a way that felt comfortable so I was I was really fortunate in in that sense so witchcraft has always been a part of me and has always been there although um you know in in different sort of um intensities so but after that experience at 16 I totally just like the floodgates were open like I was starting to get all kinds of crazy experiences I was starting to see oh you know what that just reminded me of something I Okay, I haven't thought about this in years. I was probably about 17. I swear, 
I was seeing dead people just chilling, like walking down the street. So mm-hmm. I am pretty sure that there was this woman. No, I'm guarantee she was dead. I guarantee she was this really beautiful woman who dressed, I would say, kind of like still 90s style. So oh, we're thinking oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like uh-huh. 90s style. Yep. And she would just be going for a walk. She'd have like her, her, um, you know, those like um, shitty little earphones, the ones that used to have that clasp that go around your ear to the back of your ear. Oh, yeah. Do you yeah. remember those gross yep. honking? Yep. <laughs> yep. She was wearing those and she was just like dancing, you know, like having a time, like just going for her little walks. And I remember seeing her almost every single day, like walking towards the school bus. And I remember one time I asked my mom, I was like, do you even know where she like, is she a neighbor of ours? And she's like, who? who are you talking about and I was like it's this woman she looks like this and she's like I literally have never seen her and trust me when I say trust me when I say we knew who our neighbors were because it was a pretty relatively tight-knit community but also one where the houses were far enough apart that you kind of like there weren't as many people in the neighborhood as there would be if it was like a more squished neighborhood was she already always wearing the same thing Come to think of it, pretty damn close. Sometimes it would Holy be a different shit. colored jacket. Sometimes, but I just thought that was her workout gear, you know? Yeah, I was just like, yeah. look at her go. She's living her life. Like <laughs> go she's little living rock star. <laughs> go little rock star. Like she's living her 90s life. Like I just no judgment, man. She was I was like absolutely taken with this woman. And my wow. mother had no clue who it was. She's like, I don't know who you're talking about. And I was like, rude. um so yeah I just remembered that so there'd be experiences like that where it's just but you know what I didn't really I didn't really dwell on it I was just kind of like okay well let's move on from this because I'm gonna get freaked out if I think about it (laughs) so I just like moved on with my life and continued to have experiences that you know if I'm gonna really sit down and think about it in retrospect I'm sure I could come up with more examples but I think you kind of know where I'm going with this it's just it's just that the the experiences started to get more profound. They started to get more, um, they, more or less obvious, like in a sense where literally I couldn't discern if it was a dead person or not. Yeah. 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 When I was younger, it was a lot harder for me to, to discern. And like, mm-hmm, I, it was mm-hmm. so much harder for me to tell because your abilities are so strong. Like you're so in tune with it because the, like, let's be honest, the more that people tell you and like gaslight you into thinking that you can't see what you see, the less yeah. easy it is to see them. It just, I makes always it say where... that self doubt is a clear killer. Yes. yes. 1000%. And like, I, I notice that the more I shut out other people's opinions about what I was seeing mm-hmm. and experience, the more I was able to clearer and, and uh, connect on a, such a deeper level and really experience things because there's, it, there's nothing wrong with people sharing their opinions. Right. But when it is like, there has to be the understanding that another person's opinion is not always fact. If you are experiencing it, mm-hmm. does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like Absolutely. if someone says that your, your shirt is orange but you're wearing a green shirt, like, are you going to believe yourself, the person wearing it and experiencing that shirt? Or are you going to believe someone else? Like, what about them makes you feel that they're an authority over what you're seeing with your own eyes? 
Um, Absolutely. And I mean, especially in your formative years, you really lean on adults to steer yeah, you in the right direction. Yeah. You really look for that validation, that confirmation. And if you're, if you're going to be told that your shirt is pink, you're going to be questioning, is this actually a pink shirt or not? Right. Like, am right. I like, my mom is telling me it's, it's not a pink shirt or it is, you know, like, you're going to really start to question it. And I feel like there's even people who are well into their adulthood that still don't, you know, have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That are still very easily swayed by, by the opinions of others. And, and it really just comes down to being um, confident in yourself and in your abilities and confident in the experiences you have and remembering that you're valid in your experiences. And that if you, if you choose to share them with another person um, to also understand that that person may not may not understand and may call to question your experience, but at the end of the day, it's yours. Yeah. A thousand percent. Cause I remember like growing up and my sister, you know, I would, I would tell her what I was seeing and she was like, yeah, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about, but come to find out like later in my life, only a couple of years ago, she was like, I saw everything that you saw, Ariel, but I told you that I wasn't seeing it because I didn't want to egg you on. I didn't want you to pursue it because it scared me. And I think that's really important to remember is that a lot of times when people are either invalidating your experience or um, saying that you're not experiencing what you're experiencing, it's, it can be out of fear on their part. And so it's important to be able to discern whether or not um, the authority is coming from someone who is afraid or coming from someone who actually knows what they're talking about. And that's, that's why like, it's, I find it so important to like really, really encourage confidence and, um, and bravery within people's practices, because I think that makes such a huge difference. A Bingo. huge, huge difference. Yep. You're absolutely correct. That's absolutely correct. And, and I mean, you know, it's, and I think that that kind of brings me to another point that I think more to like current, current me and you is after, after going through school and finishing my science degrees and, and, um, I really shut out my spiritual abilities during that point too. I should yeah. also say, <laughs> I was just like, I, I was so into science that it didn't even like magic was just, I witchcraft, none of it. Like it was just, I, it was like science itself can almost become a belief system where right, you right. believe that nothing can exist outside of the realm of being proven in science. And that in and of itself can become something that you believe in, in a sense, yeah. it almost becomes the faith of science. It, right. It's just well, it very I strange. Think, I think that's kind of also along the lines of like what atheism is like mm. atheism really um, leans into science. And I think there's like, this is, this is the confusing part I think for a lot of people is that, and, and Alyssa and I are very similar in this sense is that when people come to us and they're like, well, where are you getting this information? Like they're trying to look for sources, Mm -hmm. which I get, like, that's totally valid. I wish I had all these academic sources to be like, yeah, this is where I'm getting this information and stuff, but I just don't. And um, for someone who's a very science oriented person, like I never took science. I, I, all of the science that I've learned has been from cooking and like trial and error. And just mm-hmm. watching like mm-hmm. Netflix documentaries. Like <laughs> I, I never was taught science. I never took a formal class on science. Um, and 
So understanding these like really, really out there concepts and explaining it to people, they're like, oh, so you've taken a class on science. And I'm like, no, I have no academic you know, backing of, of how I understand things. And they're like, but you're explaining a scientific thing. And I'm like, I know, but that's what I've been told by spirit. So it's really oh, confusing mm-hmm. for people because it's like, if you've never been taught science, but you know, science, because you've been told by something that is not scientifically proven about yep. science. <laughs> how do you not scientifically science? proven yet, <laughs> madam, yet. Right. We will get there. I know we will. Because honestly, like magic to me, it just, it's, I, this is a really good, actually, you know what, Ara, let's make a little note. We should. Um, this is a great topic. It's one of my favorite is to talk about the intersectionality between magic and science. Yes. And if, um, if our listeners are interested in that, that is, that is one that I think would be a great topic for us to talk about. Yes. Um, and I, I would actually really love to have a guest on there. I'm, I'm thinking of Corey because Corey is really, really into like science stuff mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and the concept of like how science um, collides with, with spiritual experiences. So I'll have, I'll have to ask him if he's comfortable doing that, but I would love, yeah, I would, I would love to go over that topic. Cause that's a really interesting thing to dive into. There's it's all these little bunny trails topic. that we're seeing on the trail that we're on right now. We're like, Oh, let's go there. <laughs> As I'm talking, my brain is firing. I'm like, Oh, that's right. a great topic. That's a great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yes, yeah. Yes, yes. And so, so essentially after, um, so the, I'm, I'm really just coming to a culmination as far as, as, as my story goes to how I came to be right here as a co-host to Ghost Tea podcast is, um, you know, after I finished all of my schooling, I finished my master's degree and I started working, I was able to really turn off that heavy academic part of myself and really allow myself to find joy and purpose and meaning in other aspects um, of life now that I had a little bit more time to do so. And it took a a really big awakening moment after a, a year of, of in, it was a really tough year. I took a whole lot of time, sick leave. It was bad mental health stuff. It was just, you know, rock bottom in in a sense rock bottom and then basically coming out the other side being more connected and in tune with spirit and nature than I have ever been before in my life and mm-hmm. and that is why whenever I you know I joke and I say you know people go through tower moments yes. uh, tower referring to the tarot card tower that everybody's afraid of but truly yes. <laughs> it, it can lead to beautiful things it's it the tower doesn't always mean it well it will always end badly. It typically means the birth of something new, making way for something new in the wake of the destruction or of the ending of something else. And so that tower moment was pivotal. It was Mm -hmm. pivotal for me to set aside, basically bury and grieve the, the me I thought I was and to welcome in the, the spiritual side of me that has always been there, but was always largely ignored. And once I got there, it was the most beautiful experience to get there, but also confusing. It was very confusing um, because like, again, like I should also say that throughout all of these years, I was not talking to anybody. I was very uh, 
introverted as far as my spiritualism and, and witchcraft and things like that are concerned. I didn't, I was very much a solo practitioner, if you will, for, for the majority of my life until social media, until I decided to start a business and um, you know, the business of LaRusa mystic being metaphysical in nature and, and encompassing crystals and encompassing tarot and encompassing um, all kinds of things like that, that it, it wasn't until I started putting myself out there that I was able to connect with other people in other um, on other paths and be able to really widen my my experiences as far as being able to relate to other people and also to be able to hear about the beauty of community the beauty of being able to share your experiences with people who understand where you're coming from or at least make a concerted effort to understand where you're coming from yeah yeah changed everything and that's pretty much how I came to to meet Ariel was through TikTok. And so once I joined on TikTok, because I was just like, I, after Vine died, I was like, at TikTok's whatever, like TikTok's just <laughs> Vine wannabe. There's no way I'm going to go on TikTok. And I finally caved and it was just like, just dropped a bomb on everything and totally opened up the world. And I discovered Ariel on TikTok and I had purchased a reading from Ariel. And basically the reading, <laughs> No joke, you guys. I purchased this. I'm like flailing my arms around right now. So (laughs) I'm flailing. I purchased a reading and I wanted her to give me a reading on basically deity work. There was a deity I was working with at the time, Wepowet, which is Anubis, um, the Egyptian god, Anubis's brother. But also, I had no idea who Wepowet was before that session. And also, I wanted her to do a reading on me opening my business, Larusa Mystic. And <laughs> we did. This was when you were doing your your you were still doing your Zoom video calls. Um, yes, yes. Which connected. I don't do anymore because of my anxiety as of as of late. But I yeah, it was when I used to do that, and we ended up getting on a call. And her session was only supposed to be thirty minutes. Supposed to be. It's supposed <laughs> to be thirty minutes. And it ended up being, we ended up talking on the phone for six Six hours. hours. Unreal. hours. And when I tell you guys that there was an instant connection, there's no, I don't know how to describe it. There, I, I mean, it, it, there was a whole lot of stuff that happened after that before we really truly connected. But, but at that point in time, it became very apparent to the both of us that, there, there was, was more to us meeting There's than we thought. There. Yeah, There's it was like the there. yeah, it was like the Beauty and the Beast moment where she's like in the garden. She's like, "Oh my god, I actually like him." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was literally like that. Like I, I remember being on that phone call. I actually told her this the other day. I would remember being on that phone call and having these thoughts because at the time I was so afraid of people. Like y'all no, don't even know. Like I was so afraid of people. And, um, because I had been very burned, like I had had some really shitty experiences. So I was like, 
you know, very professional, but then I, it was hard for me to stay professional because she was so nice and she was so easy to talk to, but there kept being moments where I'd be like, Oh my God, Ariel, don't like say too much. Like she's going to think she's friends with you. And then, and then you're going to like, you're going to like have to maintain this like fake friendship. And it's just going to be so much work. And like, I felt Exhausting. so bad. But I was like, I need to like watch myself because if I'm too nice, she's going to think I'm her best friend or something. <laughs> <laughs> and that's on trauma. Oh, look, at us, look at us now. Now, now. Oh, my God. I yeah. am so, so happy that that we have come together and, you know, we connected really, really easily, yeah. really, really quickly. We stayed well, in even- touch. Yeah, because even after, like, I re- remember vividly getting off of that phone call and uh, my roommate at the time walking into my room and being like, was that a client? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, Ariel, you can't do that. You can't do that. <laughs> and I was like, do what? And she was like, they're not your friends. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, rude. Like, I know. Well, I mean, it's, that person was rude anyway. But like, I was, I was really... I remember like sitting with myself that night and just overthinking the whole conversation and being like, Oh my God, I was like too nice. I was too nice. Or like, I like just overthinking the whole thing. So she, Alyssa actually friended me on um, Instagram and we mutually followed each other for like, I don't know, a little over a year maybe. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I remember I would see her posts and be like, Oh, I can't interact with them because she's Instagram stories or like your posts and I'd be like I want to like them and then I was like wait wait nope I can't I can't make her think I'm her friend <laughs> like, looking at you was, looking at me looking at you looking at me <laughs> I know literally and I, it's just so funny to think about now because like obviously she's I mean Alyssa's like you're not supposed to have favorite people but she is one of my favorite people and I enjoy her company so much and there's so many times that I talk to her and I'm just like you know that feeling where like you love someone so much that you just feel like your heart is going to burst out of your ch- out of your chest. Like I honestly don't feel like I've ever felt that with anybody other than my my partner at the time, like at right now other than Let Alyssa. Let me tell you, ma'am. After that call, <laughs> I had a much different experience. My husband basically <laughs> waltzed up to me and was like, "You're going to be her friend." And I was like, "Yup, I am." <laughs> you're coming home with me <laughs> I'm like a, yep or we're gonna get married we're gonna adopt it's gonna be great like it's gonna be <laughs> and I totally like d- you know everything all of our you know interactions after that were extremely organic like we didn't yeah like you were pushing on me I wasn't pushing on you it all happened divine timing it yeah. it all happened as it should have and of course at when we connected and and uh, and I was talking to my husband, my husband, Scott. He was like, yeah, I called this like a year and a half. <laughs> I already told you. I was like, yeah, I did, yeah. The Scott, did, the all-knowing magic eight ball. I know. I <laughs> Like, I just, I cannot. Because it's, it's so funny. Like, after we reconnected, because um, I don't know, something sparked conversation through Instagram and we started messaging through Instagram. And right. then, and then I was like, Hey, I have this group chat with like another person. Would you like to join? And you were like, yeah, for sure. And then we got in a group chat and then it ended up being four of us. And then the four of us ended up becoming 
a, a makeshift coven. Like it was kind yeah. of like this thing where we were like, wow, we're really close friends. And then we did ritual together and all of us had like an element really mm-hmm. show up for us through like a yeah. vision. And um, all of them were different. And at first we were like, well, I, I thought I was going to be fire, but then I was like water. And, and it was like this whole thing. Cause we have the elements that we are convinced that we're part of, right. That, yes. That are integrated yeah. in who we are. And, and then when you get into it, it's just like, that's not who I am at all. And you start realizing how alike you are to the element that came through for you. Um, exactly. So that's, exactly. Yeah. And there I was like, I'm definitely fire Leo sun over here. I'm fire. I have, yeah. you know, I'm quick to temper. Like I've always been kind of, you know, sharp tongue, like eh. I'm de- I've always been extroverted, loud, boisterous, you know, I've always been wanted to be the center of attention. I never have issues talking to people. I'm definitely fire energy. Um, no, seriously, I'm earth. Can we please yeah. take a moment to be like, as if I didn't know that from like, you Literally know, basic- being obsessed with crystals, like half of more than half Ugh. of her house is filled with crystals. Just I, if I could live in a geode, I would live in a geode. <laughs> I would be a little <laughs> geode dude, like <laughs> it literally, but you know, and like, it just, it all made sense once I, once I saw that element in our ritual it Mm -hmm. it instantly was just like clicked it just clicked and I was like yep that's that's it it makes sense for you know everything from my childhood being so nature oriented literally doing environmental science yeah (laughs) as my my career and you know being being so connected to um the ancient Greek goddess Artemis who is heavily heavily associated with um wilderness and wild animals like it just how did it not make sense? It just, you know, when it clicks, it really clicked. And right. and you ended up being, as to no surprise to any of your listeners, <laughs> water, elemental yes. water, being very emotional. Um, you are one of the most emotional people I've ever met. And I mean that in, in a really good way. Um, you have a huge heart and you have so many. You know what? That reminds me of that Mean Girls. Who's that Mean Girls? Where she's like... I. Oh, oh my god is it I think it's a quote from me girls I can't remember but it's just I like you feel so much emo- you have so many feelings I have so many feelings like it's just it's great you have a huge heart you're so full of love and you're you're gorgeous and your energy is so so big and it's it, it, you truly encompass the best qualities of water and to me it made total sense but you also thought you were fire yes I was convinced that I was gonna be fire because I was like I'm passionate I'm like at sexy like I'm so fire (laughs) and then obviously like I when I thought about it I was like it's very obvious that I'm water like if I'm upset I take a bath if I'm good I take a bath if I'm not good then I take a bath if I need to Mm -hmm. think I take a bath if growing up like I literally was at the swim center like a pool center every single fucking day of the week, like seven days out of the week, I was at the swim center. I had a a yearly pass that I would renew and I was always there. They called me a pool rat because I was always <laughs> there and I would never, I leave. never, <laughs> I would never leave. And literally like I would get there in the, in the middle of the afternoon. Like as soon as I woke up and I ate, I was like, okay, mom, like throw me in the pool. And then she would take me to the pool and I would stay there literally all day. And I would not leave until they closed at night. And I was always in the water, like all fish in the water. Yeah. Mermaid, if you will. Yeah. (laughs) And I, I almost even drowned. I almost drowned twice in my life. 
but I know like I love the water I love it it's just absolutely I'm obsessed with it and Bessie, I'm ocean, glad you didn't drown I like too you. I'm you glad know, you're here it's, it's a bad way to go um yeah <laughs> it, it, it really is favorite. not my favorite um but with that said let's move on to the next one what is something that you wish people knew about you what is something that, that you maybe ne- don't really mention or don't really talk about, but that you just kind of wish people just knew about you? Ooh. I know. That's a, that's a good question. I know. Oh, <laughs> let me pull an Elon Musk and just get quiet for a minute. Hold on. <laughs> Elon Musk. <laughs> I don't know if oh you guys God. know this, but whenever Elon Musk does interviews, he's notorious for like, he truly thinks before he speaks. Oh, um, he? and he I've never oh, he does with him. He'll just sit there and it'll just be deadpan silent and then he'll speak and it'll be beautiful and eloquent. And there's, then there's me, this blathering idiot. That's just like, <laughs> <laughs> so hold on. Let me think about that. What about me? You know, you want to know the first thing that came to mind and I don't yeah. know why this has any importance at all, but I feel like I want to share this. <laughs> I was known for many years of my life. I think I had, I had, them as pets for eight years but I had pet rats for Aww. eight years and I was and still am in heart now even though I don't have rats anymore a crazy rat lady <laughs> I literally had rats and they were my everything and I love them so much they're such beautiful pets and I don't know why but but you know people tend to think of of people with rats a certain way and and it would always come as a surprise if I ever shared with people that I would have a pet rat and I don't know why that that has come up but we're we're rolling with it I had pet rats for a long long time and they were best best pets ever but I also know an unholy amount of information about rats so if you like talk to me (laughs) about rats Dude, I could go on. I don't even want to tell you how many poor fucking people have listened to me go on about rats. As soon as they say, I don't like rats, I'm like, well, you should know this, this, and this, and this about them (laughs) before you judge. So I don't know why. educate you on rats really quick. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm the same way with puffer fish. Like, for some reason, I just know a lot about puffer fish. It's just, I don't know. They're little, they're just the little cheese puffs of the sea. They're so cute. They're, they're so, so cute. They're so spiky. cute. They're, they are. They're the cutest. And so I don't know. I just feel like they're that's the something. Little, they're the little cacti of the sea. <laughs> <laughs> they're the cacti. They're just. They're just. It's. They're a spicy balloon. That's what they are. <laughs> spicy balloon. <laughs> <laughs> spicy balloon. Is that what I am when I get angry? Like what? your spicy balloon. <laughs> I think spicy balloon fish. <laughs> oh my god. Paul, I'll give you a hug. Oh my god. I don't yeah, I, I, I literally don't don't know why that was the first thing that came to mind is the people <laughs> must know you love rats. <laughs> well, they there must you go. Know the time of connoisseur. No, like perceive yeah. me in my rat knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh okay well moving on to uh the other question that I have for you and and I I guess I guess for me too maybe this is it seems egotistical to say that but here we'll we'll go into it together okay 
where do you hope to see Ghost Tea Podcast in the next year? Mm. So I'm really, really excited to be your co-host on Ghost Tea Podcast because I think it, um, I, I, I really envision it as this beautiful opportunity to get deep into topics and to be able to bounce ideas off of one another and to be able to share experiences more in a, um, in a discussion format that as you can tell from, from this episode, things just kind of come up organically and you really never know what you say that may connect with someone or may click with someone. And it's in those moments of beauty that you may, you may reach someone who could really use some, some help or to feel like they've been heard or to feel like they can connect with somebody. So one of the things I'd really love to see with ghost tea is to be able to open up that more discussion format to have more of an opportunity to get deep into topics that we are proficient about topics that we are interested with and to be able to also bring on other people like you know we've floated the idea of bringing on Corey and we also have some other plans for some other um, guests to come on uh, to talk about specific things so that's super exciting and especially when when you're when you're talking about topics like witchcraft or the occult um, you know these are things that if I, if I will, I'm going to go ahead and extend this to you as well. But we feel very passionately about bringing light to these sorts of topics to bringing yes. light to yes. the the things that um, are seemingly, you know, taboo, or that mm-hmm. our people are afraid of, or that is misunderstood. And to be able to find a community of people that are equally as interested and jazzed about talking about these things that that to me is gorgeous. And I would love to see that just grow and grow and grow within the next year. And I could see, I can clearly, I I have this vision that it's just going to be us laughing and teaching about things. I I'm sure we're going to be talking about some really beautiful topics, but I just, the, the path ahead for ghost tea is beautiful and it is, it is limitless and I can see it being, uh, a force of education, but also a force of healing for people. And that, that is where I get the, the fire is lit under my ass when I think yeah. about it like that. Yeah, for sure. Well, because we have our individual like ideas for our businesses. And I feel like what's cool about us coming together for, for ghost tea is that the individual um, purposes that we kind of had drive us into creating the businesses that we have um, is a very similar one to what we have for ghost tea, but that we can't really utilize in our business format. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Like we can't really um, talk about uh, things like that in our business because it's just not meant for that. It's not meant to be a place that we really share that info um, to the broad masses. And I feel like, um, like, I totally agree with you. Like, there's so many topics that I just, I, I've had a lot of people ask me about, and I haven't really gone into on the show or even on TikTok because I'm just been, I've just been so scared about judgment. And I've gotten to the point in my life where I'm like, you know what, if I share something and I talk about something that people aren't, aren't comfortable with or are afraid of, and it, it starts a topic, um, it starts a conversation then that's really what I want. I, I mm-hmm. don't care if we agree 
Um, but if it's something where I have the ability to talk about it and not be, you know, disrespectful or whatever, um, I want to be able to have a conversation about it because I think that's where you learn the most about yourself and your practice and your spirituality is when you ask yourself questions that make you uncomfortable. And Mm -hmm. um, I don't think growth can happen within staying comfortable. I think it happens when we get out of where we are comfortable and we force ourselves to address things that do make us uncomfortable. And we ask ourselves why. And I think that critical thinking is something that, um, is so important in spirituality and nobody talks about it. Like nobody talks about it. Like people think, uh, talk about, um, you know, trust yourself, trust the universe, blah, 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 blah. But they don't talk about having critical thinking skills within your practice as well. Um, you know, not all of the experiences that you have are going to be inherently spiritual. Um, not Mm -hmm. all of the experiences you're going to have are going to be, um, major breakthroughs or not influenced by our inner subconscious and, and skewed in some way. So I think understanding how to get comfortable with asking ourselves uncomfortable questions is such a big part of having growth in our spiritual practices and our lives as, as a whole. Um, and I really Absolutely. hope that that ghost tea in the next year can kind of bring up those topics, but that kind of goes into the next question, which is where do you he- hope to see ghost tea in three years from now? Ooh, three years. It's a lot I, of time. It is a lot of time. And so it, as we know, everything can change in the matter of a second. Yeah. All it takes is one event yeah. and, and your whole life is flipped upside down. So I think I, th- when, when I envision where ghost tea could be, I'm not even going to lie and people can judge me if you want. I don't give a shit, but <laughs> I see ghost tea as the occult version of Joe Rogan. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I how cool would it be to have an occult and witchcraft spiritual version of something as successful as Joe Rogan or yeah. Lex Friedman? podcast like could you imagine how to me it's just reaching it's reaching more people and reminding people that they're valid in their experiences and to be able to open up the door to discussion and as you just said to have those conversations about uncomfortable things or things that make you because you know obviously there's comfort in comfort and to be able to step outside of that and to be able to hear other people's experiences there is so much power in the in coming together and uniting and to being open to listening to people's experiences and to be able to discuss them and to be able to bring them into a format a, a format that's much better than TikTok right like you and I we yeah. do bring these things up quite often on our TikTok pages and we do go live together where we do talk about it but this is a much better long form format for us to be able to get into the nitty gritty of topics yeah and especially when it comes to things as complex and um uh as sometimes very difficult to to describe topics like you know the occult I think that it, when I'm seeing ghost tea as far as three years from now, I would love to see the audience, you know, mag- the magnitude just fivefold. I want to, I want to reach all the witches. I want to reach all the practitioners. I want to, I just want to reach all the spiritual people and to be able to form a community, a safe space to be able to, to feel 
Like you can, you can come somewhere where you're not going to be judged. You're not going to be turned away. You're not going to be made to feel less than you're not going to be made to feel invalidated. And those are very core principles to, you know, my business, the Russo mystic and Ariel's as well for Ariel Willow mm -hmm. is that's what we strive to do. Every single time we communicate with other people is to remind them that they're valid and that their experiences are valid. And we bring this forward with ghost tea together um, and to be able to touch those topics. And I would also love to see guest speakers, especially, uh, you know what, if, if I'm just dream big, baby, dream big, <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing having some of our most, most formidable uh, occult authors mm -hmm. as guests. Yeah. How cool I would, would that. that be? Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's also what I see in a, in, you know, a three year, three-year growth I could see having some really well-known um uh authors coming in and talking about these topics and just making it accessible to people and making again really reinforcing that that idea of community that you know you're not alone and we we literally just spoke about earlier on in the episode about how we were kind of in the broom closet you know like we didn't yeah. really share too too much um you know, let's bring these topics out into the light because truly they're beautiful topics to talk about. Yeah. A thousand. How about you? How about you? No, I, I feel the same way. I would love to see it grow. Um, obviously, you know, growth is just a kind of a given with anything that you're doing and starting, but I also, um, would love to have the collaboration with, with, you know, authors and creators in the space of the occult and things like that. Um, but also I would love to have, um, uh, you know, creators who are um, really known in the science community too. I would love that. I think that'd be so cool to be able to have conversations with someone who is kind of outside of the realm of the occult as well and, and ask them yes. um, about things like that. Because I mean, and that that's also to do with growth, you know, growth happens when we get out of our comfort zone. And I think, um, having conversations with people who do practice the occult is amazing, but having pr people come on who don't practice the occult is also amazing because it mm -hmm. brings up the uncomfortable, like, Ooh, like they're not going to quite agree with me, but that's amazing. Cause it makes that's you beautiful. critically think about why you believe what you believe, why you pursue what you pursue. And, um, like, Oh my God, one of my dream, one of my dream, guests would be neil degrassi tyson oh, oh. that would be so cool it'd be so cool dude I dude i oh I dude would i would fangirl so hard i'd have to really shut up like i would just be like i mean he talks a lot he talks yeah. a lot so you know we really wouldn't have to worry about us saying stupid shit because right. he would be just dominating the conversation right. but yeah like he's here, just take over our podcast <laughs> like we don't even care we don't even have to be in the episode no but like he has like his um because i know that it started with uh carl sagan but mm -hmm. um neil neil degrassi tyson uh took over the show cosmos and they did yes. a reboot um i think it was like 2013 2014 something like that and and um, I remember that was like, that was mind blowing for me. It was so validating and so incredible watching that show. And I cried so many times because mm. I felt so validated in experiences that I had had with like star beings and things like that, or, or knowledge that they had come through with. And 
I was just not able to explain it because I don't know science. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Um, and when you have it broken down and then you realize that it aligns with, with these messages coming through from spirit for you, it's a beautiful moment. It's like full circle. And it was, it was really, really cool. And like, I remember watching that show with my ex-husband and just crying. He was like, are you okay? And I was like, no, like, I'm, I'm I'm not okay. (laughs) I'm feeling so validated right now. And So I would love to have people like that, but I would also love for Ghost Tea to also expand outside of the podcast realm. Like I would love to have Ghost Tea become something where, um, because Alyssa and I have both worked on missing person cases together. Um, and that's something that we'll always continue to do. I, I do consider myself a medium and she's a medium as well. And it's, it's not something that we really, because I have people ask me all the time, do you offer mediumship readings? And I say no, but the reason why is because mediumship does take a lot of energy from me when I'm reaching someone specific, like rather yeah. than them coming to me. And I want to utilize the energy that I have to be able to do that for missing person cases, because that's like so much more important to me than, than a paying customer. Um, and it's not to say that those paying customers and them wanting to get in touch with their loved ones is invalid, but that there are so many who already do that. And um, I, I want to be one of the people who is able to help on the other end of things and help yep. with people finding their loved ones so that they can have that closure and they can have that peace. Um, and so that's something really near and dear to my heart. And that's something that we'll end up implementing on, um, on my website for the ghosty podcast is a place where you can submit, you know, your information about your missing loved ones. So we can tune into them if, mm-hmm. if that's something you guys want us to do. But, um, I would also love to see it go more into the paranormal investigative realm. Yes. Um, I would love to see it go there because I, I love paranormal investigation. It's one of my passions. It's something that I feel so, so, um, just over the moon about. And I would really love to bring that into what we're doing in ghost tea, um, and have ghost tea even become like, I don't know, a YouTube show or something. I have no idea. Um, but I would love to see it go into, into a realm like that. Um, but I guess that kind of brings us to the last question that we have for the episode is what makes you want to pursue this? Like what, what drove you to want to pursue ghost tea and also what you do in general? Yeah. So I kind of touched a little bit about that earlier. Um, really speaking to wanting to bring forward these topics that are, you know, cause the occult is, <laughs> It's so broad. It is so broad. And the history of the occult has largely been um, preserved by staying secretive and mysterious and in the shadows. And we're in such a really interesting time right now where we're seeing so many people um, finding spirituality and, and, you know, I put in quotations, awakening, um, if you will, or ascending, if you will, or just, just discovering themselves in a spiritual way and finding their paths and, it just seems to be, I don't know. I don't know if there's any truth to this. That's just sort of anecdotally. I'm feeling like it's, it's really kind of booming at the moment. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's great. Cause it was not like that. Um, you know, I kind of 
mentioned that earlier in my younger years, like it was, we had to lie and like sneak around the library, you know, like it was not, (laughs) it was not like it, it is, it's not as readily accessible. And I just really love being able to, to show people that you're not alone and that your experiences are so valid. Like that's one of the most important things to me is constantly reminding people that they're valid Mm -hmm. because it is just, it, it is insane. It's insane to me how, how invalidated people can feel from other people. And it just, it, it's one of my biggest pet peeves. Um, because, you know, who are you, you know, who are you to invalidate someone else's right. experiences? Right. And, and I just, oh, I'm so not for that. So I, I really started pursuing, I mean, LaRusa Mystic was born from, from a variety of different things. Like I, I love crystals. Like I'm a crystal freak. <laughs> like if you want to talk about crystals, I am your girl yes. trust. And it's also a place that I very heavily implement, you know, my love for essential oils and that the use of essential oils in witchcraft. But I'm also a reader. And one of the most beautiful things about reading is being able to provide people guidance and answers or support or comfort and healing like that. I get so much joy out of being able to bring people to a, a, a place of safety, a place of comfort, a place of of belonging like there's no words there's no words to describe how happy that makes me and I know that you are the same Ariel Mm -hmm. and and even just like bringing it back to crystals because please when I (laughs) see people sending pictures of the crystals that they get from me and in their house using them in their all on their altar spaces and giving oh I cannot describe it is the the feeling is like a I could cry I swear the feeling is like a proud crystal freak mom and I'm just like look at you go rock star like I (laughs) love it I just I love and I just want to share this with the world I want to talk about it I want to be vulnerable I want people to feel that they can be vulnerable I want to just I I'm I'm flailing over here I'm flailing (laughs) I'm just like ah it's it's like I said I was solo practitioner for so long that when I finally decided to get over the fear of coming to a public forum you know being social social different forms of social media and and also you know the podcast as well Mm because this is reaching people I don't know who you are that you're listening but I I love you too the discord has been such a beautiful place for people to share their experiences as well and just exactly. talking about our different practices and that's and so I cool love that it's the coming it. together there's so much you can learn by yes. coming together um and and so that's really why I I started the Rusa Mystic and why I was so passionate about being the co-host for Ghost Tea is because the the opportunities are limitless the potential is limitless and we are so aligned Yes. You and I in <laughs> yes. what we value and mm-hmm. what what drives us to continue doing what we do and and to use our gifts the way that we do and to and to share with other people. Like it's just we're so we're so in line. Like our wavelengths yes. are so we're right on it. Yes. So to Literally, me it was there's a, been so many moments where like I'll wake up in the fucking middle of the night and I'll text her and I'll be like, dude, 
I just thought of something. And then she's like, oh my God, I'm getting up. Like, I thought it was the same exact thing. (laughs) (laughs) Bitch, it was like three o'clock in the morning. I had work the next morning. I was like, my ass is up out of the bed. I am going down. We are chatting about this. This is serious. Like, we are. Tea time. (laughs) Oh, it is ghost tea time. Like, we are talking about, like, it. we are so just the, the coming together is just, it's the most right thing that it it just feels like the most right thing that I it's even hard to put into words it's very difficult for me to describe it but but really all of those all of my rambling is really just to come in to say that um I love to I love to be a healer um and there's a variety of ways that you can heal people but I love to be a healer I love to help um educate with things that at least that I feel that I am knowledgeable on and I love to discuss with people I like to learn I'm a, I'm a never-ending learner I will be a learner until the day I die I just I love to learn and I love to learn from other people I love to uh, and like I said bringing that sense of community so so for me that is my driving factor for why I do what I do and and why why coming on as a co-host for for Ghost Tea Podcast was just such a such a yes moment didn't yeah. it was like not even a second guessing no yeah. doubts were there yeah and I also would like to point out that Scott also predicted this as well yes he did <laughs> well, he I, did we're both convinced <laughs> that Scott and Corey are like witches but they don't know no they're broom closet witches they're, they don't they, even know absolutely absolutely they don't There's even know no doubt in my mind to like Corey if you ever listen to this I'm calling you out you're a fucking witch yep um <laughs> witch. <laughs> um yeah no, they're, you're a witch. they're so like they're so in tune not only with the world around them they're very observant they're very observant. observant yep um and but like there's been so many times that Corey is like oh yeah you're gonna do this and I'm just like <laughs> And then, you know, a year later, I'm like, what the fuck? As <laughs> um, if you predicted. Yeah. You're well, a wizard, Harry. <laughs> You're a wizard, Harry. Yeah. A couple months ago, Scott was like, you and Ariel should start a podcast. Yep. And then now, literally, now he's, like, he's called yeah. it. Yeah. He it's called it's it. scary he how many it. times he's called it. He's like, it's, You're, it's honestly You're... rude. Like, it's, it's so, so rude. rude. <laughs> <laughs> it's so rude. That he calls out our wants before we want them, like, and then we're like, oh, rude, rude. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Literally. rude. I can't wait to get the two of them on this podcast. Oh, I'm so and... excited! I'm oh, so just... excited! Oh my oh. god. Lord, I'm, I'm I'm so ready. I'm so. I'm ready. like literally palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. Yes, I'm just like, oh, this is gonna ready. be that is gonna be beautiful. So, so you know, I, I, I hope that we touched on on topics that get you guys excited. Um, yeah. And I hope that you have learned a little bit more about me and you know who the hell I am, and you know where. Ariel and I are coming from for for why it was such such a beautiful decision to continue Ghost Tea um, yes. from a co-hosting perspective. Yes, and and there's so many reasons why this is going to be such a good thing. But I know that um, some of my listeners know who Alyssa is just from seeing us do TikTok live streams together and things like that. You know the TikTok AA meetings um, and, <laughs> and, and the Ariel and Alyssa meetings and um, 
and just having so much fun on those. And so when I announced it, a lot of people on TikTok were like, fuck yeah, we're so ready. Hell yeah! Um, <laughs> rally. <laughs> um, so I'm super excited to bring her on. And there's already so many topics that we want to go over. But I also encourage you guys to reach out to us um, through mm-hmm. either on Anchor or um, through my website. You can go to my website, um, the homepage Uh, If you go to podcast up in the tab bar, um, it will take you to the ghost tea podcast page and you can email us from there. Um, But you can also, if you're on the discord, which is linked, um, I I believe, you know what, I'll link it in the description of this podcast episode um, and I'll just have it linked in there indefinitely. Um, But if you want to join our discord, we have a discord called the, the, well, we might change the name, but right now it's the Covenstead. Um, so it's a place where you can just find community in, in the spiritual realm and uh, find people who are supportive and helpful when you have questions. Um, but I also want to mention, like, because I know that there are go- probably going to be people who are interested in booking with Alyssa or I, um, and I'll have both of our websites linked below so you can find more information about us individually, but also find our shops and things like that if you would like to. Um, and And I think that's pretty much it. I'm super excited Mm -hmm. to see how this is going to go forward. And I'm super excited to see how this grows. And um, if you guys have any feedback, please reach out to us on Instagram or TikTok or wherever. And um, yeah, we'll be talking to you guys soon. We're really excited. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. (laughs) I love you guys. I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Yes. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. As always, stay curious, stay safe, and keep learning. Keep and we'll learning. Talk to you guys later. Okay. Bye. Bye.